Just a minute. I'm coming. FBI, open up! Just a minute. Hello, everybody. This is Legal Man. Welcome to the show. This is going to be a good episode. I'm going to talk about this Texas secession movement, what happened to it procedurally, and then explain to people what needs to happen and why, as a public relations matter, it's all being very badly mishandled by that movement, even though those people have their heart in the right place and they want the right things. And for people who don't know me, I'm a lawyer. I've practiced for more than 30 years. I'm America's most trusted and beloved lawyer because I tell people the truth. And the truth is, I was a constitutional conservative, believer, kind of guy that probably would have gotten sucked into that movement for years and years and years. And then about 25 years ago, I got the Internet and I figured out that it's a scam, that all that crap I was taught about the Constitution of freedom and liberty and the justice system and the Supreme Court and protecting rights and limiting government and the people are in charge. It's all lies. It's a complete and total pack of lies. And when I did figure that out, I became self-certified as a master practitioner. And I don't need constitutional conservatives, so-called experts anymore, because I know they don't know what they're talking about, or they're just absolute liars. Apologies for the state. I've also given myself a Lifetime Achievement Award for the incredible work I've done on this podcast, producing hundreds and hundreds of shows, which explain the way the system actually works to people. And when Jones Plantation movie came out, I play Mr. Jones in that, I awarded myself the Presidential Medal of Freedom, which is the highest medal that anybody can get as a civilian. And I gave it to myself. I think I earned that for the incredible job I did in that movie. And I love having fake awards and uh, credentials like that in order to mock credentialing because credentialing is the way they control people. They force people to learn and regurgitate officialdom and a bunch of lies. And if you refuse to, you lose your license or certification or registration or you cannot get in the right schools and you're ruined. Just like everybody saw happen to any doctors who attempted to try to speak up during the scam of COVID. So I encourage everybody to have fake credentials and awards in order to uh, mock and laugh at credentialing itself so people can understand what it really is, just a government control system. Okay, enough of all that. Let's go ahead and get this show going. So I want to make a show today about this issue of Texas secession. They've had this Texit, they call it, movement going for quite a while. And I think it's a good opportunity to kind of discuss the issue because I think secession is a huge issue and it needs to be on the ballot all the time. But people don't ever understand secession. They think it's crazy because they're so brainwashed about the Civil War and the miscellaneous issues that went on with that. And I think that this Texit kind of thing is so helpful because we had a little bit of procedural activity in it, and they're trying to get it on the ballot for March. And this is not something I follow closely, okay, because I know it's never going to actually happen. They're never going to let them secede even if they did it. But to the extent this thing is a nice platform to talk about the issues, that's why I want to do it. But the misunderstandings about secession and how dangerous it is, knowing how to write, and Texas v. White settled it, and on and on and on, the union, it's all so confused in people's minds. But I want to first sort the issue that we have in front of us, which is there is a group, and I suspect they're very, very uh, sincere for the most part about wanting to try to get secession on the ballot in Texas. And whether or not it's infiltrated, which I'm sure it is, 
doesn't really matter. And the important thing is that they've gone out, they collected all these signatures, and they put it out there to try to get it put on the ballot for March, and it got rejected. <laughs> and the reasons it got rejected, of course, are out there. People are spreading all these uh, misinformation about it. And I want to clear it up a little bit because even though a lot of people may not know about this, I think secession is a huge weak point that we could push on, very similar to jury nullification, because it shows that the people who are supposed to be in charge, which is the people, are not really in charge because secession is so downplayed and so kookified. And so first thing I want to do, like I say, is set up this little procedural thing and read from a couple places just to show you the kind of games that get played, who's playing the games, and the way it actually has worked out exactly as I would expect, and that anybody who knows my show would also expect, because this is just what happens. See, this is just what happens. And now procedurally, you've got this group, this group that's basically the, the Texas secession group. And the procedural mechanism for getting it on the ballot to see if people want to vote for secession is that you have to collect signatures and then submit them to your party. And then the party looks at the requirements, which are all set out in these government statutes uh, about what it takes to get a petition on the ballot. And then they make a decision and then it gets put on the ballot if you meet the requirements. But what happened in this situation is that the people completed the stuff, submitted it to the GOP, the GOP, of course, and the GOP chairman, Matt Rinaldi there in Texas, he found that the petition was invalid. <laughs> and the reasons he gave were absolutely hilarious and are completely and totally not true. And in fact, they were then addressed by the Texas nationalist movement to try to get Texas out in a letter to Rinaldi, which they pointed out the errors and gave him a very short period of time, I think 24 hours to change his mind. And when he didn't, they filed a motion for a mandamus at the Texas Supreme Court. That's the procedural issues that I want to quickly cover and help people make sense of. They file their completed petition with 140,000 basically signatures from these Texans that say they need it, they want it. The total amount that was required was really only about 100000 so they have tons and tons of extras. And despite that, the GOP fighting for the people and their freedom, it's a government of buying for the people, those guys denied it on utterly and completely preposterous grounds that, first, they'd missed the filing deadline, and second, that they had not collected enough signatures for the petition because the signatures they collected were electronic signatures and they had to collect what they call wet signatures, meaning actual original signatures from people. That's where the fight was about initially. And the letter that the Texas Nationalist Movement sent back to them regarding the supposed missing of the filing deadline was hilarious because the filing deadline fell on December 10th, and that turned out to have been a Sunday. And any and everybody who's ever been involved in any kind of legal action at all knows that it's standing rules that if a deadline falls on a Saturday or Sunday, that the deadline is, in effect, the Monday after that. <laughs> that it doesn't fall on a day where nothing's open. 
<laughs> that's not when the deadline runs. And any calculation of any kind of legal deadline that ends up with a Sunday, it just moves to Monday. It doesn't go back to Friday. It moves to Monday. And the hilarious part of this one was that not only is it obvious, everybody knows it, I've never heard of a situation where if a deadline, legal deadline falls on Sunday, that it's actually on Sunday, that's always moved to Monday. I've never heard of a situation where it's then moved back to Friday. But not only is there that, but the utterly ridiculous part is that these petitions are supposed to be filed at the GOP headquarters there, and the GOP headquarters was itself closed on that Sunday. (laughs) So we're talking about just absolute clown world nonsense, okay? Complete and total clown world nonsense. The other objection, the only other objection that the GOP, which is fighting this movement, which is hilarious to me, that already shows you, the only other objection was that the signatures supposedly must appear in the signer's own handwriting. And they cite the Texas Election Code, section 141.063, which I'm going to attach that. I'm going to attach the letter that was sent, and I'm going to attach a couple other things inside there so you guys can look at it. But that's what they cite, and they quote the language, is required to appear on the petition in the signer's own handwriting. And it's true, that language is in there, but they leave out what I think is a very helpful and important piece right before it says, the only information on this petition that is required to appear on the petition of the signer's own handwriting. (laughs) They leave that out entirely. So that already lets you know that there's a very interesting piece there that we're missing. And that is that it's true that these petitions need to be, but that's an older law. And what happened was that there was a new law, a Texas law that came in and The argument was made quite well by the Texas National Movement that pointed it out perfectly. And I want to read what they said about it. So here is what the Texas Nationalist Movement said. As to Rinaldi's second reason for rejecting the petition due to signatures being electronic, this also lacks legal foundation. The UETA, which is the Uniform Electronic Transaction Act in Texas explicitly acknowledges the legal effect of electronic signatures in the state of Texas. Quote, a record or signature may not be denied legal effect or enforceability solely because it is in electronic form. Then it cites Texas Business Code. That is exactly what Rinaldi did in rejecting the petition. Section 322 states, if a law requires a signature, an electronic signature satisfies the law. Close quote. Any argument by respondent that the UETA does not apply to Texas Election Code is unfounded. The only exclusions for applicability provided by the UETA are as to a law governing creation and execution of wills, codicils, or testamentary trusts, a transaction governed by the Uniform Commercial Code, other than certain enumerated sections, documents produced by a court reporter for use in the state or federal judicial system, and transactions governed by rules adopted by the Supreme Court. That's it. Those are the only exceptions in there, okay? And that's what their briefing in their request in the form of a mandamus states. And they're dead on right. The argument that they didn't have any signatures, basically all the signatures were rejected because they were electronic, 
is nonsense. And the way that they're attempting to try to spend this in the news, which every kind of article I looked at showed, oh, they're trying to undermine election integrity. Okay, this is the whole argument, this idea that this attempt by the Texas National Movement to use electronic signatures was an undermining of election integrity, which, of course, I'm sure they've got focus group on people are big concerned about and everything else. It's utter and complete crap. The statute is abundantly clear, and the reason for it's also abundantly clear. The Texas election statute hadn't been amended since 2005, best I can tell in these areas. And the electronic signature stuff happened years and years later. And there is absolutely no exception in it for somehow a petition to get onto an election. There's no exception for it. Therefore, it's quite clear that it uniformly applies. The entire purpose of the statute was to bring the stuff into a modern day and allow electronic signatures. And the idea that it undermines election integrity is ludicrous because there's only two ways to vote it in Texas, in person and by mail. There is no electronic voting in Texas. And so if you're in person, there's no such thing as an electronic appearance of yourself to vote. And if it's by mail, you have to sign the actual ballot and send it in. You can't electronically sign that ballot and then mail it in physically. It doesn't allow for electronic mailing in of the ballot. So there would never be a situation whereby an electronic signature could undermine anything regarding voting in Texas under the way voting is permitted in Texas. There is no way to electronically sign anything that could then undermine election integrity in Texas. This is about petitions to get on so that people can then vote using non-electronic means in Texas. (laughs) And so their argument is 100% completely, totally ridiculous. But the hilarious thing about it is not so much that the arguments made were ridiculous by the GOP intentionally attempting to make sure they don't appear on the ballot, which they, in fact, managed to do. They kept them off the March ballot. So when that happened, what did the Texas nationalist movement do? They sent them that letter, stated how they were wrong, proved their point, which they clearly made very clearly, and gave them a short period of time to answer. And when they didn't, when they didn't change their mind, they filed a mandamus. A mandamus is an action that can be filed at either an appellate court or even at the Supreme Court level inside of a state or even the federal level. But in this case, it was a state level. And it's automatically filed in a case like this at the Texas Supreme Court. It's an original filing, in effect, in that court. Most of the time you file in a district court, then it goes to an appellate, and then it goes up into the Texas Supreme Court. Same in federal court. But there are occasions where you file directly with the U.S. Supreme Court and or with state Supreme Courts. And a situation like this is one of them. Mandamus simply means that the court has authority when there is a legal obligation to do something that there is no factual dispute about. They can order the government office or agent or individual or person or entity to engage in an act. That's basically all it is. So if a court clerk is refusing to do something, you could, in effect, mandamus them, which is simply an order that the court says you must do it. It's the same way that they got the phony baloney 14th Amendment ratified when they couldn't get the guy to sign off on it because he knew it had never been actually ratified. The Congress simply passed an order saying that 
it has been therefore deemed ratified. And mandamus is the same thing. It requires someone to do an act that they must do, that they don't have any legal discretion in. And that's what this situation is. So they file it. Within a couple of hours, the Supreme Court of Texas denies it. What was the reason they gave? They didn't give a reason. It's just called a per curiam denial. All it says is the following kinds of people, and they show up on a list, and I'll attach this to, these requests are denied. And it just had their name, the name of Enri Texas National Movement or Enri something, whatever the name of the title of the mandamus was. That's it. There's literally no explanation given for it. So not only do you have the Texas GOP raising utterly and completely frivolous arguments because there's literally no possible personal consequence for them doing so, and there's nothing that's going to happen to them, but then the Texas Supreme Court refuses to look at what is a slam dunk winner for these people in order to put them onto the March voting. (laughs) It's just completely ignored. There's literally no basis for it. And everybody running around talking about election integrity is a red herring, a way to confuse people and to make sure that nobody understands what's actually going on, which is incredibly straightforward, which is that they did collect enough signatures. These electronic signatures are all perfectly recognized in Texas under the Electronic Transactions Act they've got in there. In fact, they wanted to make sure that these types of electronic signatures were considered valid. The Texas GOP doesn't want this stuff on there, denies it, and then the Texas Supreme Court, of course, in typical collusion, ignores it. And then the press covers it in a way that literally makes no sense. Just repeating the allegations from the Texas GOP about undermining election integrity and not having collected enough signatures and missing this deadline. (laughs) It's all, honestly, it's hilarious to me that people still think things like this are surprising and shocking. This is typical behavior. This is exactly the way the system always works. And it always will work because the system, the idea that they're going to let people in and do this, that's all a fraud. And to the extent they can ever come back and get enough signatures, real signatures, et cetera, et cetera, to the extent it's ever required, maybe they can, maybe they can't, maybe it'll get on the ballot. I don't know. That's a separate issue that I now want to talk about because this entire movement is very misguided, in my opinion, because the energy they're directing towards trying to get this one-time appearance with regards to secession is the totally and completely wrong way to do it. And I've talked about it before. Secession is incredibly important. If the government is a government of, by, and for the people, and it's supposedly supposed to be operating with the consent of the people, then secession needs to be on the ballot on every single statewide election. Every single statewide election, the issue of secession to the federal government needs to be on there. And in fact, in every countywide election, the issue of seceding from the state itself needs to be on the ballot, such that every time there's a state election, the federal government needs to be concerned that the people in that state, they might vote to leave. And every time there's a, a local election in the counties, the state needs to be concerned that that county may just leave because the people don't want to be under that government any longer. That's what true consent of the people looks like, that it shows up every single time. Not that one time, a couple hundred years ago, someone did it that I have no control over. They voted and now I'm bound. No, it needs to appear every single time on any statewide election. That way, the government would be very, very concerned that these things would be constantly popping up. Do you see how different that would be? 
You see what a completely different mindset that would be. And if they were pushing that and they were trying to educate people about that, that this isn't some kooky one-off thing, which is all that it will be made out to be if they ever do get it onto a election ballot. It will be destroyed through massive amounts of misinformation, kookification, and God knows who they've got waiting inside the different organizations they've infiltrated to wheel out, to blow that thing up, and to just crush it for however many years to come is necessary. They will bring up investigations. They may already have people in there with criminal records who are in charge of things and pushing things, and they're just waiting to blow this sitting up. That's never, ever, ever going to be a vote to secede that's allowed to go through. And even if it did, the courts would all wipe it out anyway. But that doesn't matter. I'm now strictly talking about public relations. They're going about it all wrong. It's not a question of trying to get it on the ballot. The issue that needs to be constantly pushed is that this has to always be on the ballot every single time because the types of people who are eligible to vote, the people who are alive, the people who are moving in and out of the state all the time, if you want to understand whether the people in that state are consenting to be a part of the federal government, then you need to test it on every single election. That's all. That has to happen. And not only is that the only reasonable way to truly judge whether or not the people are consenting to the government. In fact, it needs to be completely flipped on its head. And it needs to be that. The assumption will be that secession will be occurring unless the government can retain the consent of the people. And it needs to be by a supermajority. If you can't get at least 75% of the voters to confirm that they want to stay in, then you're automatically out. (laughs) Because you can't keep the people in because tons of people aren't even allowed to vote. They have no say at all. You can't presume that they choose to be held into a system that has all these obligations on it. If the people want it, If they supposedly want to be involved in this, there needs to be overwhelming support shown every single time. And the burden has to be flipped such that it's 75% to retain, not 75% to leave, 75% to retain. If you don't, then you're out. That's it. And just the entire way the discussion of the issue could be changed by simply bringing these kinds of issues up would be monumental and would be much more effective in persuading people and getting interest in it than this absurdity of which they're engaged in. I applaud their interest. They all want the right thing, who are honest people trying to get out, but they're going about it in such a completely and totally ridiculous way. Because the only way you can ever win these things is by hearts and minds. And the first thing you have to do is come up with a better strategy. And the strategy they got is terrible. They're going to get kookified. They're running around fighting against this uphill battle. The GOP is not being held up as the absurd joke that it is. And the people are not discussing the real issue, which is consent of the people. Consent of the people. All they're trying to talk about is how the government's out of control, and it sounds like a red versus blue issue. See, that's how it's kind of being framed up. You're never going to win with that kind of red versus blue crap because you're going to get kookified. They're going to jack with the election results and you're never going to get the amount of people you need. That's why, again, you have to have the 75 percent retention 
That way they would have to commit such a massive amount of voter fraud, it'd be almost impossible to hide it. Now, I agree that even if you had all those things and you had a situation where they didn't get enough votes, there would be legal challenges, there would be this, there would be that, and they would throw it out in a thousand different ways and it would never actually be permitted to go through. Okay, that would never, ever happen. And that's not the way you win. You don't win because you're actually going to legally move it forward. You win, again, by the hearts and minds, by showing people that, look, we're not free. We're not in a government that has our consent. And our vote doesn't mean jack shit. And the system absolutely has to have that illusion and fraud charade continuing to run. It has to have that. And if you had enough movements like this in each state where every single state had movements like this, that, yeah, we absolutely have to have secession on the ballot every time. That's an absolute essential in order to make sure that the people are still consenting and that every single government that attempted to try to oppress the other government under them, like the federal who tries to oppress the state and the state that tries to oppress the county, the county that tries to oppress the city, go down the list. If every single time they knew, shit, if we don't hold them, we're going to lose them each time. Okay. If you just had that in there, that was part of the public discussion that would change the mental outlook of the people. See, the problem is you have to completely reframe all this stuff up. And the way they're going about it doesn't work. It's turning into kind of a red versus blue, kookified movement. Nobody really understands what will happen. Nobody understands really what would go on. And they genuinely don't understand the way the legal system works or anything else. Because the Supreme Court in Texas v. White, which a ton of people who are in this Texas nationalist movement are so confused about the issues that they genuinely think that Texas v. White was somehow overruled, outruled, changed, modified, adjusted, was no longer was mooted in some form or fashion by Jacobson, which is the case that U.S. Supreme Court had with regards to the jab, the mandatory jab. Those cases have absolutely nothing to do with each other. But I had multiple people from the Texas Nationalist Movement post to me on Twitter imagining that that was the case. Truly, people think that they have this information. And that's probably flowing from that Texas National Movement, which is probably massively infiltrated, as I've said, with this kind of mistaken nonsense. And the concept that Texas v. White, which was a Supreme Court decision that said Texas had never left the Union, wasn't allowed to leave the Union. In fact, nobody can leave the Union unless you win a war or unless the other states vote to let you leave, was somehow overruled by having Jacobson, which was basically just a case that just said the state themselves is allowed to do X, Y, and Z and impose it on them. It had absolutely nothing to do whatsoever with federal control over it. Nothing whatsoever. They have absolutely nothing to do with each other. They, they're not pulling on the same inf- issues in any form or fashion. And so when you hear that one, a lot of people will be confused because I've seen it posted on Twitter numerous times. When I tell them, Texas v. White's already made this clear, you can't leave in secession. It's never going to work. No, that's not true. Jacobson changed it, blah, blah. They don't know what they're talking about. I've made shows on both of those cases and they have no idea what they're talking about. Trust me. If you want to go look them up, then go look them up and go read them. I encourage you to them too. But don't be fooled by the nonsense pouring out of there. And like I said, I suspect that this is, again, well-meaning people who are reproducing and amplifying this completely phony baloney, implanted, wrong message that's being sent out through infiltration inside that movement. This is why I don't get involved in these kinds of movements, because they're all infiltrated. It's totally impossible to have movements of any sort that aren't fully infiltrated, watched in a million ways, and therefore, whenever they want, they can control and blow things up, etc., etc. But there's absolutely no possible way 
under the legal system we have, that a vote to secede can ever work because the Texas v. White case is clear. Back then, Texas did vote to leave. It wasn't close. They voted. They left. They seceded. In fact, they fought a whole war. And at the end of that, the Supreme Court said that that vote was a nullity. It had no legal force and effect. You were not capable of voting to leave. That's what they said. That's what the Constitution so-called said. Of course, they just made it up out of thin air. There's absolutely nothing in it. And I've done show after show proving that the Ninth and Tenth Amendment make it clear that that right to leave was reserved. And the only reason it's not specifically put anywhere else is because it's so damn obvious you can't have a voluntary union if the states and the people in those states aren't free to vote to leave whenever they care to and part ways. (laughs) This is just impossible. And the entire Civil War narrative is a huge necessary scam in order to cover up this fundamental fraud. And Texas nationalist movement is a great example of how these kinds of things, even though they may be well-intentioned to start, immediately are steered off in the wrong areas. Their PR sucks. They're fully infiltrated. And they're never going to achieve their purpose because what they're trying to do makes no sense. Even assuming they won the vote, like I said, they get it on there and they win the vote. What do you think is going to happen? They're going to be immediately shown that it's not constitutional. They can't do it. If it's not even denied being set on the ballot for that reason, which I guarantee you there'd be a challenge to it, that if someone tried to get it off to get the necessary election, this and that, there'd be a challenge to it. And it would get heard and they would cite Texas v. White in all likelihood to say that that's not valid and they have to get a constitutional amendment or some other shit. They'll make up a thousand different Ferengi excuses. They will drag it out and drag it out. They will kookify. They will bring the infiltrated people who they have in the movement up and they will show them to be child abusers or some other thing and criminals. And that's why, and this is actually running the organization and they will crush the integrity and and the reputation of the organization has nothing to do with the underlying reason the organization's there. They've got a thousand ways they can destroy things, a thousand different ways. And it's incredibly naive the way people imagine this constitutional conservative fantasy about the people. And if you can't see that the GOP itself is not behind this movement and is raising absolutely frivolous, absurd arguments about it and putting out propaganda in order to discredit the movement, to act as though this movement somehow is an attack against election integrity. If you can't see how clear that is and how it ties in perfectly with what I say all the time about constitutional conservatives, they're the worst kind of enemies of freedom because they pretend to be for freedom, but in fact, they're spies. They're secret double agents inside the movement, taking all the people we need and draining them off. If you can't see that things like putting out this Jacobson nonsense is just obvious propaganda designed to discredit the entire thing, then you're blind. If you don't understand what Texas v. White says, if you don't understand these procedural nightmares, if you don't understand the way a per curiam denial of the mandamus that was completely valid isn't an indication of exactly what will happen here, then you're just blind. So you're just blind. You don't want to see the truth of what this system is. That's all. You don't want to see the truth. Because the truth's not hidden to anybody who looks. The problem is what you see is so opposite to anything you're told and is such a shock to the conscience of people who are steeped in this fairy tale about freedom and liberty and limited government and the Constitution and your vote mattering and all these different nonsensical things and the Civil War and our founders and all this shit. None of this shit's true. It's all completely not true. The system is designed to do exactly what it does. That's all. It's designed to do exactly what it does. And anybody can look around and see that. And that's the problem with all of it. That what we have to sort out 
is so huge. It's such a massive bundle of things. And they're so fundamental. And we're up against a multi-billion dollar industry that literally runs night and day in media called constitutional conservatism, continuously lying to people, filling their heads with utter nonsense and making sure that everybody we need is driven into a ditch. Either the ditch of supposed judicial fixes or the ditch that voting is going to do something. None of that's going to happen. You live under a criminal enterprise and you think you can get out of it by using legal means. That simply doesn't make any sense. See, that doesn't make any sense, but people can't accept that because of literally decades and decades and decades and decades, their entire life, generation after generation, brainwashing, and the fact that tons and tons of people have signed up for and fought for the government and these supposed ideals, and that's what they're running around fighting for. The government knows that you're not fighting for that. They laugh at you, just like Henry Kissinger said, the military are dumb, stupid creatures who are there to be used. And that's the attitude that they have, that they use people. This is why they kill people by the millions whenever they need to in these fake wars with this fake propaganda nonsense about why we have to do it, Matera and remember the Maine and we're fighting to secure and save the union and all this other stupid shit that they say that they know only fools believe and fall for. And this is the problem we're up against. And I think, at least I hope, that this Texas nationalist movement and this hilarious sort of procedural wrangling that went on that was kind of a minor-ish story. I think it wasn't as big a story as it should have been. It's an important story, in my opinion. That's why I'm making a show about it. But a lot of people outside of Texas don't even hear it. And, of course, this is another typical thing that a secessionist movement should be big news everywhere. Every single state should have people pushing for secessionist movements that need to be on the ballot every single time the exact way I've described it. That is the way you win. That is the way the discussion gets open. Not this kooky, what, they want to have that on the ballot sometime? Oh, you get put it on there once, it's kookified, it's gone. Now you got to go out there and raise all the signatures again. This is absurd. These are all false barriers. If the government is going to be a government of, by, and for the people, with the consent of the people, then the government needs to prove it every single time. Every single time, they can just lose the consent of the people. Like, well, we don't trust this shit anymore. We're out. That's it. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. But the government has no fear of that because it's a completely and totally rigged game. And I think the procedural aspects of this are hilarious. And I hope people understand where I'm coming from this. I love secession. I wish we had it. I know it's not realistic until we get a huge amount of additional uh, mental framework narrative shifting in people's heads. And this is not the way to do it. This is not the way to do it. The way they're doing it is... Probably one of the dumbest ways you could ever do it. And most of the energy being spent on it is a complete and total waste of time. That's all. It's just a total waste of time. And I can't do anything about that, but I can do something about explaining specifically what went on and giving you a heads up as to the deceptions and the very insidiously fraud by omission, et cetera, kinds of things they've done in both the reporting and on behalf of the GOP and the way the Texas Supreme Court has simply left off the hook entirely for their outrageous conduct and simply having a per curiam denial of the mandamus that should absolutely have been granted. Not even opening the public discussion. This is how easy it is to shut things down. See, this is it. So, so I think that's all I want to say about it today and... I want to thank anybody who's in Patreon who supports my show. 
I appreciate you guys, as you know, and I try to give you a variety of different kinds of shows like this, kind of a current events-ish show, but I always use current events only to show other larger principles. It's never about the current event. That's just a technology platform in order to discuss the other much more universal principles. And I know you guys know that, and I appreciate you guys kicking some skin in the game because it takes a lot of time and energy to put my show together. I've made hundreds and hundreds of shows. Anybody who's listened to my shows is in there. You guys know how the system works. You've gotten an education like no other, no other place you can ever go to learn how the actual legal system and the entire system fits together better than my Patreon. It's just the reality. Hundreds and hundreds of shows. It's not bragging because I do it. That's all. And anyone who's in there and has listened to them knows it. That's all. So thank you guys for having the integrity to stand up and actually kick some skin in the game. And if you want to, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm Legal Man at U.S. Crime Review if this is one of the public shows. If you want to come over there and talk to me about constitutional conservatism and tell me how I don't get it, um, don't worry about it. I'll just go ahead and block you because it's a time waste for me. I've been down that road. I know all their arguments. I used to believe all that stupid crap myself. I know it's lies. I know it's all lies. And if people want to come there to learn, that's great. If they want to come there to laugh at the insanity, that's great. If you want to come there and try to waste my time expecting me to reprove shit I've proved over and over and over again in my shows, I just block people like that. They can't be reached. They can't hear the message. And I don't have time to deal with people who can't be reached. We either have to reach people who are reachable or laugh with the people who are already reached about how crazy it is. (laughs) That's all that can be done. And thank you to anybody who supports the movie Jones Plantation. Everybody knows I played Mr. Jones in the movie. It's a great movie. Go support that movie. Go to jonesplantationfilm.com. Buy that movie. Buy a gift certificate. Buy some merchandise. Watch the movie. Tell people about the movie because it's a movie that is a baby step to help people start understanding the scam that is our system. And if people will support it and we can make money with it, then they can make more movies. And we'll make more movies that actually have a decent message instead of a bunch of woke bullshit. So thank you to anybody who supports that. And beyond that, I don't think there's much else to say, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. You guys have been a great audience as usual. Everybody have a nice night or day, wherever you are. Take care. Thank you, everybody. Let's put your hands together one more time for Legal Man.